Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. iPhone 13 on us for every customer. Current, new, everyone to show the love. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be skate. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? Today is Thursday, June 16th, 2022. Roland Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live from 
Missouri City, Texas, just outside of Houston, Texas, the birthplace, Texas, if you will, uh, of Juneteenth. This is Juneteenth week, and I'll be speaking here uh, for the Missouri City celebration uh, in uh, about 90 minutes. But coming up today on today's show, the Black Star Network, the January 6th committee uh, continues their work showing how Donald Trump put lots of pressure on his vice president, Mike Pence, to overthrow the election. We'll tell you about that. Also, FEMA, how are they discriminating against African-Americans when it comes to disaster assistance and how they are they helping white homeowners? We'll talk to a ProPublica uh, reporter, an amazing story. Uh, you don't want to, to miss that. And so uh, lots of news we're covering today. Lots of what we're going to break down, including you're here from another uh, UNC president uh, talking about how uh, he is making uh, a difference uh, in, at Talladega in Alabama. Folks, you're, it's time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. your name in. I'll type it. So, folks, whenever there is a disaster in the United States, the Federal Emergency Management uh, Agency, they are the ones who come to the rescue. I am here uh, broadcasting in Texas, in Houston. I've lived through uh, three different hurricanes, flooding, you name it. These things have happened. And so FEMA is the federal agency that is often called but who are they actually assisting? There's this uh, amazing story that we saw today where Politico, they've been detailing uh, how uh, FEMA uh, has really uh, helped white homeowners as opposed in how you've been really dealing with a racial disparity and who they have been helping. Uh, Thomas Frank uh, is a reporter. Uh, he's been working on these stories. It's really amazing. Uh, first of all, Thomas, glad to have you here on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Uh, I, I read this story and it really jumped out at me, again, showing uh, this racial disparity. Uh, we remember what took place in New Orleans uh, when it came to Hurricane Katrina. Again, like I say, I'm from Houston. I've, I've <laughs> numerous hurricanes, talking about tornadoes. And so what did your reporting show, uh, th this disparity and, 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 and what jumped out at you? So what the reporting showed, it, I looked at uh, how has FEMA, FEMA has given out about $2 billion over the past 30 years to homeowners to take steps to basically save their houses from being flooded. And what they end up doing is they do these projects where they elevate the home, they basically build a new foundation, lift it up five feet, 10 feet, so that you're above the flood level. And if you can get one of these grants from FEMA to do that, it's a great deal because your home is safe from flooding, your property value goes up, and the flood insurance premiums that you pay go way down. What I found, I looked at what communities were getting the money. And in most states, in almost every state, the money is going overwhelmingly to communities that are either white 
or rich, meaning their median household income is at least $100,000 a year, which is pretty rich. And the reason for that, it's not that FEMA sets out or Congress sets out to say, well, we're just going to give this money to rich people and white people. But what happens is that in order to get one of these grants from FEMA, and we're talking about $200,000, $300,000 that FEMA just gives you to hire a contractor to improve your home, in order to get one of these grants, you, a homeowner, first of all, you have to own your home. And secondly, you've got to contribute roughly $50,000 on your own. So if you take those two preconditions and look at them and compare to broad racial and ethnic patterns in the country, you end up with a, a very discriminatory program. In other words, white people are roughly twice as likely to own the home they live in as black people are. And when you look at just the amount of household wealth that white households have compared to black households, it's about eight times as much. It's about $180,000 versus like $25,000. So when you look at who can actually have access to this money, in other words, who can afford to get money from FEMA, it's going to be people who have money and who own their homes. And that is overwhelmingly people who are affluent and people who are white. So it ends up being a discriminatory system. Now, now that uh, is, is what is amazing in terms of how, how, how you laid that out. And, and we often talk about the racial disparities uh, in this country uh, and, uh, and how, you know, on the surface, people will say, well, you know, we don't see systemic racism. But when you're talking about who can afford it, well, if you don't have the discretionary income, then you can't actually do it. Uh, and, and then, of course, when you talk about those individuals who don't own homes, but they're renting a home or they're actually renting apartment, I mean, they're screwed. Uh, and so uh, with this reporting, you know, what did FEMA say? Uh, have you had any political leaders looking at this saying, hey, we should be making some type of adjustments uh, to, to deal with this? So what FEMA says, in short, is you're right. Um, FEMA, since President Biden took office, has been doing a very sort of top-to-bottom review of how all of its programs, and FEMA has a lot of programs, how they are not equitable. And, and FEMA has acknowledged that a lot of the programs they have, the one I just described, and also just the, the emergency aid that they give after a disaster, have these built-in sort of funding mechanisms that aren't intentionally discriminatory, but they end up being discriminatory. And so FEMA has actually, to famous credit, taken some steps in the last year to make it easier for African-Americans, Hispanics, low-income homeowners, renters, and so on and so forth to get access to some of their programs, but not all of their programs. So FEMA basically says, yes. Um, you're right, and we are working on it. Um, there are a few leaders in Congress, uh, Betty Thompson of Mississippi, who is now on TV as the chairman of the January 6th Committee, and he's also chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee, and he has uh, probably, more than anyone in the House at least, been really paying attention to this issue. And, and Elizabeth Warren, uh, the senator from Massachusetts, also has been working on legislation to, to try to address some of these issues. 
Wow. Uh, well, first of all, we appreciate the reporting uh, that uh, y'all uh, have done on this issue. And again, this is why uh, journalism matters, because, for, for, you know, on the surface, people would think uh, this is no big deal. But trust me, uh, when it comes to trying to keep your home, this is a huge deal. Uh, Tom Frank, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, thank, th thank you for joining us, and we look forward Thanks to for having me. Uh, more of these stories. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great series that y'all are doing because it's not just this story, several others are dealing with FEMA. So I encourage everybody to go to politico.com to check these stories out. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Roland. I want to bring my panel right now, Greg Carr, Department of Afro-American Studies at Howard University, uh, Larry Walker, Assistant Professor, University of Central Florida, and Reese Colbert, founder of Black Women Views. Glad to have all three of y'all here. Um, you heard him say right there, Reese, that well, FEMA says that, well, this is not, it's, you know, it, it, it turns out to be discriminatory. Uh, and, and this is the thing that when you hear uh, largely white conservatives uh, say that, oh, no, no systemic racism, well, this is a perfect example of system and discrimination and racism is called systemic racism. This is a perfect example. Exactly. It really is. And, you know, the intent is irrelevant when you talk about the impact. And at the end of the day, who, what, who decides that white homes or affluent white homes, those folks deserve to stay in their million-dollar mansions on flood-prone lands and get these massive government bailouts? I thought Republicans were against government handouts and bailouts. Um, meanwhile, lower-income or disadvantaged communities just flounder in these flood-prone conditions. The reality is that climate change is going to continue to endanger homes in many areas. And not only does it cause danger to those homes, it displaces places people, but it also just causes massive premium increases, even for people who can afford to stay in their homes or fix them. And so I'm encouraged to hear that at least the Biden-Harris administration is evaluating the equity of it, as well as the the the, the uh, work that's being done in Congress. But, you know, if you if you if the report is to be believed, it seems like this isn't even really the most efficient way of stemming the impacts of climate change in these communities by going house by house. There are other, uh, you know, initiatives that are falling by the wayside because maybe they don't have the rich consultants that some of these homeowners do to compete for these very competitive grants. So I think this is a really important issue to, to bring to the forefront. And hopefully there will be some reforms that will bring some more equity to the system. But, but the last thing I will say is it does seem more than any other administration um, that when the Biden-Harris administration is made aware of these kinds of things, that they do move to resolve them or, or make some changes, as opposed to other ones who would just, you know, poo-poo the inequities or, you know, not even address it at all. Uh, Greg Carr, when you look at uh, this particular chart that lays out uh, these 12 states, mighty white. So let's see, Kentucky, okay? Uh, Mitch McConnell, Rand Paul's uh, state, got the most money. Uh, then you go West Virginia, Ohio, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Oregon, Florida, New York, Washington, Georgia. So, um, hmm, if people want to understand why you also have a racial disparity, uh, a wealth disparity in this country, uh, this is a perfect example. It is. It is. And uh, love to the Missouri City fam. I'm, I'm hope my sister and them come by and see you, man. you in Juneteenth territory, brother. Um, also National Youth Day, by the way, in South Africa. This is the anniversary of the Soweto uprising in 1976. Those two dates will always be relinked for us as African people. 
Um, you know, it's interesting, Roland, as you say, a remarkable series of articles by uh, Thomas Frank and his colleagues. Deep down in that article, though, I think the lead is kind of buried at the local level and state level. So when you're looking at Virginia, you're looking at North Carolina, when the states uh, allocate money to pick up the part that the feds don't pick up, then you do see folks be able to get some relief. Now, that speaks to the importance of getting involved in politics. If, 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 but that's, that's what allows black and brown people and poor people to get involved in the game. The other thing, interestingly enough, it, it seems to me is that as recently... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips every play and every game matter more than ever place your money line prop and parlay bets with a king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. He says, you know, they folks that can hire consultants, grant writers. We saw that most of that money in Kentucky went to a suburb, uh, Prospect, Kentucky, and Louisville. Uh, so these rich white folks have that. But here's the thing also that I found interesting in, in, in the article that, that, that we read. When you look at 
how this money is allocated and the decisions that are being made. When you look at Bridgeport, Connecticut, for example, that city council voted to build a seawall to do the kind of thing Reese is talking about, protect the group. You do that with tunnels. You do that by strengthening infrastructure. What happened? These white homeowners went and put pressure on the city council to redistribute the money that they had to fix their houses. So they can say it was unintentional, but at some point, whiteness rears its head. They had allocated that money in Bridgeport to help everybody. And then white boys went down there and said, damn, everybody, I want my house to be moved. And to that Does Quickie Will get the cheese, though? Again, yeah. Well, it was it, it, absolutely, but uh, this is a perfect example, Larry, of when we're always talking about how the election is the end of one process, but after it's over, it's the beginning of another. Uh, this is why we are always encouraging people how we've got to stay involved. We've got to be present. We've got to be there pushing uh, our agenda forward uh, because uh, this is how we get screwed. This is how we get left out uh, of the economic mix. Yeah, Roland, that's a good point. And in relation to elections, the fight for you know fairness as it relates to black people people never ends. It's ongoing. Is there another thing I want to kind of highlight this important in relation to this story? First of all, I give my political credit for it. This is a really important story. But also how the priorities can shift from administration to administration. This is the Trump administration. This issue with FEMA, they wouldn't do anything about it. Let's be frank. I think another key point is, is someone that goes something Reese talked about in climate change. It's clear it's a racial justice issue. And I don't think we, when we talk about climate change, we, we, we frame it in that way. And I think we, we should be doing more of that because it's a racial justice issue. I think the other thing is really important in terms of, you talk about black wealth. And we know that in terms of housing discrimination, in terms of black people will consistently uh, deal with housing discrimination, whether refinancing, trying to buy a home, et cetera. And that exacerbates that wealth gap. So black folks can't even get, can't get a home and they're forced to you know rent, et cetera. And then even if they do buy a house, they may try to refinance. They may not, in terms of kind of have the kind of equity they need. So it's a constant struggle to fight against the powers that be. The other thing about this particular issue is related to FEMA, and I found this in my experience in working in federal government, is that racism is baked into every initiative system you can possibly think about. And that's why when I originally said that the fight for this is ongoing, because you, FEMA probably has who knows how many programs like this? And you can look at some of the other federal agencies, you will find consistently that there are kind of these kinds of challenges that create problems for black people that otherwise shouldn't be there if not for systemic racism. Well, uh, look, these are the type of stories that, uh, that are important, uh, that don't get uh, the kind of attention that's necessary. Uh, when I saw this, I said, look, it's one of the things that we have to talk about uh, because uh, as, as Reese said, uh, as Greg has said, as Larry said, depending upon who is in power, that sort of dictates uh, what then happens. And so uh, we have to be far more active. Uh, and I simply cannot uh, stress enough uh, to uh, everybody who is listening. When you heard me uh, you know, call out uh, our fraternities and sororities and how uh, folks should be picking months where they are showing up uh, in mass, uh, to the school board, to the city council, to the county commissioner's court, the state legislature, uh, because 
that's where policy is made. That's what that's what dollars are being doled out. Sure, look, I cover city council, I cover county government, uh, and you, some people say, you know what, these city zoning, uh, you know, commissions, uh, these these different committees, they're, they're boring. But guess what happens? That's where changes are made, and too often we're being left out. And what ends up happening, and again, folks, I've covered this my entire life. My first job uh, at the Austin American Statesman was in South Neighbors Reporter, then became the county government reporter, then I became the city hall reporter in Fort Worth. Oftentimes, when African Americans are showing up at city hall or county government or the school board, it is when we are on the defensive, when we are protesting something that we heard about, and all of a sudden it then becomes, um, you know, a, a big issue. I can tell you, Greg, numerous times I would sit there and I would see major pieces being passed, economic pieces being passed, and there were no black people who were in the audience. There were no, there was no one testifying before. You might have one or two who was doing it. Uh, and so uh, this is, you know, so, so we have got to uh, understand that we can't always be in this reactive mode. We've got to sometimes go on the offensive uh, and protect uh, our economic uh, investment when it comes to who we put in office. And then people say, well, uh, we put them in. They should be knowing what to do, uh, what's right down there. Well, you said it. They put pressure on that city council and they listen to those who put pressure uh, on them. We've got to be there as well. Uh, and, and, and I know somebody, I know folks in the chat right now say, oh, man, we busy. We got jobs. But guess what? That's the only way it gets done. This is the reality of this republic that we live in. That's right. That's right, Roland. In fact, you know, brother, I just saw a documentary. Uh, husband and wife couple did a, a major documentary on the Sea Islands in South Carolina. And near the end, they highlight these air property sales that take place. And the folks at Penn Center in, in South Carolina come to these air property sales and basically beg these developers not to bid on these properties. The folks who own the properties, and it could be family disputes or what, for whatever reasons, they, they, they get in a situation where they're back on back payment on taxes or whatever. They try to come together and buy these properties at auction. And it was heartbreaking to watch sale after sale get taken off the board from these developers don't give a damn about anybody around them. But, but here's the lesson I think, here's how it ties into what you just raised. They are successful at times in forestalling these sales, but it requires organization and it requires everybody who has a skill working together. If everybody does a little, nobody has to do a lot. If you don't have time to come to the city council and testify, fine. But if you're an accountant, if you're somebody who knows about taxes and property, if you are a grant writer, then that's your role. Somebody else has time to come. Well, you prepare them with the testimony for city council. This is how we've gained political power over the years. We don't win every battle, but if you're not there at all, you win no battle. As old folks say, you know, 85%, 90% of life is just showing up. We have to stay involved in the process. And you know, Reese, um, I, I people, I, and I see, I see people making comments, and they say, "Man, you keep talking about this stuff," because I lived it. My parents were co-founders co of our neighborhood civic club. I remember being nine and ten, and eleven and twelve years old, uh, and traveling down uh, to city council meetings and going to committee hearings and going to the state capitol. Uh, I, you know, I remember going to those town halls. So I saw this stuff 
when I was 10, 11, and 12. I remember working elections and out there, you know, handing out stuff of folks who were, who, who were running. And so this, we are more impacted by what happens locally than actually what happens in Washington, D.C. Yet we have so much of our energy upon what's happening in Washington, D.C. as opposed to what is happening right in front of us. Absolutely. And I'm living it right now because my husband is a commissioner in our town. He's in local government. He is the closest. He's a, he's the closest body of government that we have to the people that live next door down the street. And it's actually just pretty extraordinary to see how little engagement there is in our community with our town, even though they're super accessible. And you know who the people who are super engaged? The racist white folks, the town Karen who email the commissioners, who rip them apart every time you turn around, they own every call, you know? And, and hey, you know, that's their prerogative to advance their agenda. But I said it wrong earlier, but the squeaky mouse gets the cheese, if that's the right thing. Y'all can correct me. The bottom line is there are resources that can be given or taken away. There are different priorities that can be set or not set, depending on who is involved and who is showing up at their local government, whether it's the, the town, the city, the, the the county, whatever it is, you can be involved. And the last thing I'll say is we have a program in our town where people can qualify for mortgage assistance and water bill assistance. And there are statistics that show that a certain number, like I want to say like 20 something percent of our town are behind months on their water bill. And there is money in our budget for them. But the problem is that people are not taking advantage. And it's not a result of the, the commission not reaching out to people. They've done releases, they've sent out mailings, they've had social media, and nobody has taken advantage of it. And so when you're not even taking advantage of free money when you need it, you're not voting, you're not going to town councils, I don't want to hear a goddamn thing from your mouth about anything that's happening five, six, seven, eight steps above your day-to-day -day life. As I always say, Larry, we cannot be reactive. Mm -hmm. We have to be far more proactive if we're trying to get changes for our various communities. That's a great point. And you listen to Reese and talk about her husband being a commissioner. Local, you talked about it, you know, all politics is local. So it's really important, you know, Reese talked about the Karens and, the, and I guess the Toms too. So, you know, listen, when you, when, there are resources out there and there are problems, people, commissioners or, you know, mayors, et cetera, county commissioners, they, they listen to the folks who are, who are raising the point. So, but we have, it is critically important in terms, like you said, Rowan, Rowan earlier, in terms of black folks, we have to act, be actively engaged, has to st start at the local level. And we have to constantly put pressure on folks because if you, if you're reactionary, and like you said, if you just show up at these, you know, um, school board meetings, et cetera, and you're just, you know, raising all kinds of hell. When the issue is finally being addressed, being voted on that day, you're already five dollars short. You need to make sure you're, you're consistently engaged. You attend if the meetings are biweekly or monthly. And like I said, we need to collaborate, folks. If you can't make it, I, then you go this week. I'll go next week, or you go this month. I go the following month. But we have to make sure we collaborate and utilize our resources collectively to make sure we continue, continue to apply pressure. Uh, indeed. All right, folks, got to go to break. We come back. We'll talk about uh, today's uh, January 6th committee hearing uh, more uh, nonsense. And is this committee finally going to get some guts and call out Jenny Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas? 
Yeah, one of the folks who have tried to overthrow this country, and her husband is one of nine Supreme Court justices. We'll discuss that next on Roland Martin Unfiltered, broadcasted live from Missouri City, Texas, from their Juneteenth celebration on the Black Star Network. Verizon just gave us all a brand new iPhone 13. We've been customers for years. I thought new phones were for new customers. We got iPhone 13s too, switched to Verizon two minutes ago. Ours were busted, and we still got a shiny new one. Check it out. So wait, everybody gets the same great deal. I think that's the point. iPhone 13 on us for every customer. Current, new, everyone on any unlimited plan. Starting. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. At just $35, all on the network more people rely on.
On the next A Balanced Life with Dr. Jackie, we're talking all things mental health and how helping others can help you. We all have moments where we have struggles. And on this week's show, our guests demonstrate how helping others can also help you. Why you should never stop giving and serving others on a next A Balanced Life here on Black Star Network. Love our new Alexa. It's a Buick. Yeah, Alexa. Buick. Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. Coach, that's a Buick. That's an Alexa. The Buick Enclave with available Alexa built in. We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. How about sushi? I just had sushi for lunch yesterday. How about tacos? Automatic emergency braking. One of six advanced safety features standard on every 2022 Chevy Equinox. Find new technology. Find new roads. Chevrolet. What's up, y'all? I'm Will Packard. Hey, everybody, it's your man, Fred Hammond. Hi, my name is Brescia Webb, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Ow. Well, I like a nice filter usually, but we can be unfiltered. All right, folks, welcome, folks, welcome back to Missouri City, Texas. Uh, I am here for the Juneteenth celebration. Uh, and so uh, the uh, meet and greet is starting right now. Uh, so then, of course, uh, I'll be uh, going in for the speech. Uh, in the nation's capital, the January 6th committee continues uh, their work showing America uh, how these folks have been trying to overthrow this country. Uh, man, Congressman Benny Thompson laid out the evidence, and it is damning. This is almost no idea more un-American than the notion that any one person could choose the American president. No idea more un-American. I agree with that, which is unusual because former Vice President Mike Pence and I don't agree on much. These are his words spoken a few months ago about Donald Trump's attempt to pressure the former Vice President pressure him into going along with an unlawful and unconstitutional scheme to overturn the 2020 election and give Donald Trump a second term in office that he did not win. Today, the select committee is going to reveal the details of that pressure campaign. But what does the vice president of the United States even have to do with a presidential election? The Constitution says that the Vice President of the United States oversees the process of counting the Electoral College votes, a process that took place on January 6, 2021. Donald Trump wanted Mike Pence to do something no other Vice President has ever done. The former President wanted Pence to reject the votes and either declare Trump the winner or send the votes back to the states to be counted again. 
All right, folks. Now, Benny Thompson also addressed uh, this issue of Jenny Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Uh, it has been revealed that she was emailing with John Eastman. He is the, uh, the Trump attorney at the center of all of this who literally was putting together the legal strategy to overthrow the government by overturning the election. This is what Thompson said. Jenny Thomas said that she would happily, that she's looking forward to clearing up the record and talking with you guys. Beg pardon? Jenny Thomas basically said that she would be looking forward to clearing up the record and talking with you guys. I know you said it's time to talk so to her. So when did she say this? During the hearing, while you guys were in there. I haven't heard it. Well, but she did. So when you, when you hear that she what says that. What concerns do you have about Jenny Thomas's role in her communications with John Eastman? Well, look. We have sent uh, Ms. Thomas a letter asking us to come and talk to the committee. If what you you've said is okay, you've uh, sent it already. Wait, wait, listen Sorry. to me. What you said, if she responded while the hearing was going on, that she wants to come, we look forward to her coming. Great. Public testimony. But I just want to make sure you already sent the letter. Reese, what the hell is the reluctance to to call this woman? We know that she had reached out to numerous Arizona legislators. We now know, based upon John Eastman's emails, that she was dealing with him. Why are these people scared to go? I don't care if she's married to Supreme Court justice. And here's the other deal. When the Supreme Court voted, when it came to Trump having to release his papers, who was the one person who said that, uh, you know what, he doesn't really have to. It was Clarence Thomas. What the hell are these people doing? Yeah, you know, okay, let me say this. Shout out to Congressman Benny Thompson. I mean, he's doing, you know, he's doing the elder statesman role. He's trying to be as apolitical as possible. But, bruh, come on. This could be the fireworks that y'all looking for. To be honest, I, I didn't know that the hearing was today until I got the email about the topics. And I was like, oh, shit, that was today. Um, and so, you know, let her crazy ass come over there and, and make a fool of herself and get some headlines, get some viral clips and show the level that there was a pressure on people across the country to try to overturn the election results. I think that would be a really good hearing to have, a public one. Um, so I don't really get I don't really get the way he's, you know, dilly dallying and, and him and hauling about the stuff, except for the fact that I think he's trying to make it seem like add gravitas to the situation and being apolitical. But the thing is politicized, okay? So let's just dispense of that. Um, but, you know, I do want to talk, too, about Mike Pence, and I have to say I'd be remiss if I didn't say that. Mike Pence still ain't shit. You know, yes, he resisted the pressure, um, but it was illegal for him to do what they were telling him to do. So he just resisted the pressure of ending up in jail, okay? And it really doesn't hurt him too bad if uh, he didn't get reelected under Trump's crazy ass because then he could go ahead and run for president 2024 if he decides to do that. We know he was dead ass broke couch surfing and shit after he you know what I'm saying was done being vice president so he wanted to go ahead and probably make a couple make a little bit of coin being the ex-vice president etc cetera, etc cetera. so I'm not I'm not still not gonna give uh any Republicans any cookies for following the law and doing the bare minimum uh but yeah back to Jenny she definitely need to be up there uh Clarence Thomas is corrupt as hell but I always go back to the same thing who gonna check him boo She's done probably several illegal things, but who's going to check her? It don't look like anybody's going to do it just yet, but we shall see. Here's the thing that that that, that, that bothers me, Larry. The, 
I had some people who were in the political circles who said, if they go after Trump, it's going to tear the country apart. What do you think they were trying to do? Above the Supreme Court, it says equal justice under law. I don't care if Republicans are going to be pissed. I don't care if conservatives are going to be pissed. If a, if a federal judge has said that Donald Trump broke two criminal statutes, you, me, Reese, and Greg would be indicted by now. And so I don't get the thing. And the thing with Donald Trump, if you can, if you don't go after him and you do not hold him criminally liable, don't think for a second he won't go further. Remember what Senator Susan Collins says, I think he's learned his lesson and this is going to get him to respond appropriately. What happened January 6th? Yeah, so Roland, the last presidential election was a dry run. So 2024 is live and popping. And, and folks like you and the people on this panel are warning Democrats. Listen, we go back and talk about what happened in the tragedy of obviously of Benghazi, but the number of hearings they had after that and the hours that Kimberly Clinton had to come before Congress and, and testify. Now, this is the, 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 this, is the chair, this is the issue of all issues. This was an insurrection. And, you know, Reese talked about uh, Congressman Thompson and I had a chance to work at his office when I worked on the Hill. He's a, he's a wonderful, he's like statesman. He's, a, he's a, um, certainly uh, doing, 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 a, doing a good job. However, they have to take a more aggressive stance on issues like this. Because, listen, things could change in a couple months. And if this is the Republicans, they would be coming full throttle. They would have, they would have every anyone who refused to testify. They would have DOJ coming after them, and they would be using any other means they could to make sure you testify. And if you didn't, that you were in jail and you stayed there. In fact, they would make sure you were under the jail. So it is really important for Democrats to be as aggressive as possible. Listen, they tried to overthrow the government, and I want to go to something Reese talked about about VP Pence because I I heard Congressman Thompson praise him. But listen, he, like like Reese said, he, he he did what he was supposed to do. So the fact that he didn't help um, Trump overthrow the government, should be patting him on the back. Don't forget, he he was his vice president. And like I said, all these conversations about you know what was going to happen on January sixth, Mike Pence knew something was was a foul, and so we shouldn't be patting him on the back. And so we need to do more in terms of like I said, Democrats need to be doing more to make sure Jenny Thompson comes to testify, and if she doesn't. Use whatever means means necessary to make sure she's she's a, goes in front of Congress publicly and talks about sending dozens of emails and like you said in terms of some other correspondence she's had. But listen, the bottom line is at the time to do this is now. The clock is running. Democrats got to step their game up. Greg, it, it just seems if it seems as if there's this this attitude of well, you know what. It, it, well, you know, let, let's not go for the big fish. If we could just kind of, if we, we, we could satisfy this thing by kind of getting this person, this person, this person, then we, we'll be all good. Donald Trump, Steve Bannon, Eastman, and on and on and on. These people, as we speak, are putting individuals and having them run, and they're winning Republican nominations for secretaries of state. Right now yep. in New Mexico, 
They are refusing to certify the results of the Democrat who won the primary. These, the, January 6th was not the end of the surrection. Mm-hmm. And so then, and then we then we saw how how this fool, this attorney, this environmental lawyer in the Department of Justice was like, sure, I'll happily come in, fire everybody, and then force these states to have new electors. I don't know how aggressive I can say this, but these people literally have no issue stealing all future elections, and they're yeah. going to say. We have the power to do it. Mm -hmm. That's right, bro. And, and they never have. See, this is the thing we have to understand. This this criminal enterprise called United States of America was always an iffy proposition. It has never, since the founding of this thing in 1787, which included the Northwest Ordinance, which was a compromise in terms of extending slavery, it has never been more likely than not that it was going to stay together. The Compromise of 1820, the Compromise of 1850. Please understand that because where you are right now in Texas, which call this up own damn country in 1836, by 1850, the Compromise over slavery allowed them to steal the rest of Mexico, North Mexico, in terms of New Mexico, Nevada, California. It was always brewing to the Civil War. Why? Because they didn't address the moral question at the beginning. They poured into the foundation. Now, what does it have to do with what we're seeing with this commission? This Congressional Commission is indicting everyone who broke the law for the Attorney General of the United States, for Merrick Garland. They're taking away all his excuses. That's what they're doing. They don't have the power to indict, but what they're doing is laying the roadmap so that when the Department of Justice doesn't do it or does do it, it's going to be a political decision. Now, why is that important? This country's going to fracture. The corn white nationalist governor of, of Florida has already shown you that he don't give a damn. The governor down there where you are right now, Abbott, has shown that they don't give a damn. The United States of America has never been a union. It has been a compromise with the most racist, the most exclusivist, the most genocidal murdering types, and Texas leads the country in that. And the concessions to them have been the only reason the thing stayed together. When we saw Michael Luddick today, Judge Luddick, who is a Federalist uh, Society darling, Talk about the fact that there's nothing in the 12th Amendment, there's nothing in the Electoral Count Act, uh, Title III in the U.S. Code, that would allow you to do what they're doing. He's trying to tell y'all, if you want to have a country, you're going to have to have the rule of law. Jenny Thomas, I love you, Jenny. Why? Because I don't have any investment in a criminal enterprise that has been held together by sacrificing me, you, Reese, and Larry. So guess mm. what, Jenny Jen? You and your little punk husband. Now, Congressman Jeffries tried to, you know, blast y'all because he's a true patriot. He wants America to stay together. I don't give a damn, bruh. So guess what? Y'all gonna break it this time. You're really gonna break it this time. John Roberts knows you're gonna break it this time. Guess who else knows? Mike Pence. Mike Pence, I'm not getting in that car. Why? When you heard Greg <laughs> Jacobs today, the chief of staff say, look, I got in the car. I looked around. Pence didn't get in the car. And he told his Secret Service lead man, Tim, I know you. I trust you, but you're not the one driving that car. Meaning what? Because Mike Pence understands, because he's one of them, to your point, Reese, that mm. these people stop at no lengths, including hanging his ass. 
When they come mm. back to power, it's going to break. So those you scared, oh, if they do that, it's going to break. You just delaying it inevitable. You better go read some damn American history. It always breaks, baby. It always breaks, yep. and it's going to break again. Indeed. Mm. Folks, got to go to a break. We come back. Uh, she formerly was a mayor of San Antonio. Now, Dr. Ivy Taylor is the president of Rust College. We'll hear her talk about her vision for uh, that university when we come back on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Don't forget to support us in what we do. Download the Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Apple, uh, of course, uh, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung uh, Smart TV. Be sure to support our Bring the Funk fan club where every dollar you give goes to support this show. Uh, checks and monitors can go to P.O. Box 57196, uh, Washington, D.C., 2037-0196. Cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R. Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. We'll be right back. It's a Buick. Yeah, Alexa. Buick. Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. That's a Buick. That's an Alexa. The Buick Enclave with available Alexa built-in. A powerful movement is rising across America. From the Mississippi Delta to the Apache Stronghold. From the homeless encampments of Washington State to the coal fields of Appalachia of West Virginia. We are the 140 million poor and low wealth people in this country. And we are building the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival. On June 18th, ahead of this year's midterm elections, while the Congress is still in session, we will hold a mass poor people's and low-wage workers' assembly and moral march on Washington to arrest the attention of the nation, to put a face and a voice on poverty and low wages in this country. This is a watershed moment for justice and democracy in America. There are those who say that transformative change is impossible, but history teaches us that it is precisely in times like these that people must build a broad and deep movement from the bottom up. We must compel this nation to repent, to lament, and to see the realities that have been hidden for far too long. On June 18th, we will come together to lift the voices of the poor and low-wage workers who know that change is not only possible, it is essential for our survival. We will make the connections to show how systemic racism, poverty, ecological devastation, the denial of health care, the war economy, and the false moral narrative of religious nationalism and white supremacy are hurting us all. We will show the nation the faces of Americans who cannot afford to go back to normal. We will detail the policies that can move us toward a society that works for everyone. And we will pledge to go home and build power for transformative change in this year's election and for years to come. Because the question should have never been, how much will it cost to address poverty? The real question is, how much is it costing us not to? Somebody's been hurting our people. It's gone on far too long. And we won't be silent or unseen anymore. Join us in D.C. on June 18th. Build with us for a third reconstruction in America. Visit poorpeoplescampaign.org. How about sushi? I just had sushi for lunch yesterday. How about tacos? Automatic emergency braking. One of six advanced safety features standard on every 2022 Chevy Equinox. Find new technology. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Hi, I'm Anthony Brown from Anthony Brown and Group Therapy. Hi, I'm B.B. Winans. Hey, I'm Dolly Simpson. What's up? I'm Lance Gross, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered.
All right, folks, last three days I was in Atlanta for the UNCF's uh, Unite Conference, uh, their summit uh, uh, talk, uh, focusing on uh, black higher education. While there, I got a chance to talk to a number of HBCU presidents, and one of them uh, is uh, someone who spent some time as the mayor of San Antonio, Texas, uh, Dr. Ivy Taylor. She is now the president of Rust College. Uh, here is our conversation. All right, let's talk, talk, how, let's talk about this here. Yes. How do you go from being mayor of a city to uh, HBCU president? Well, you get a doctorate first. So I did that when I left City Hall. I went and got a doctor of education. But really, being mayor is great training for being a college president. The jobs are very similar. A college is kind of like a small town, city, community. You've got different constituencies who have different ideas on what the priority should be, but you as the leader have to bring them together around the vision for moving forward. So how did it happen? Because that's not um, a uh, normal or traditional route. Well, when I was mayor, through the UNCF, I connected with the president at Houston Tillerson mm -hmm. because there was a fundraising event where mayors hosted to raise money in their communities. Mm -hmm. And so I got on the board at Houston Tillerson originally. And that's where I kind of became interested in using my leadership skills to advance, uh, you know, an HBCU, be part of preserving these amazing institutions. And so when I left City Hall, I lost an election. And I didn't have a plan B, but I just didn't know what the plan was. The Lord knew what the plan was. So I went and got that doctorate, and then the position at Rust opened up. And I've been president of Rust College since June 1st, 2020. So um, when we talk about um, uh, that move, um, why Rust? Because it's not like you had an affiliation with the university uh, before. You didn't go there, right. uh, and so um, so how did that uh, how did that, that trans transpire? How long was it, uh, and what was the uh, the courtship like, if you will? <laughs> Well, I was very focused, as I mentioned, on HBCUs. You know, when I did the program, my research was all about HBCUs. My dissertation was on HBCUs. So I knew I was going to be looking for the right opportunity in that space. And right around the time I was finishing up, the position at Rust became available through the retirement of our previous president. And when I started doing my research, I found that it, the institution was very similar to Houston Tillotson, mm -hmm. where I had served as a board member. So that made me feel more comfortable in that space. So you're talking about uh, a, a university that's uh, 154 years old. Mm -hmm. um, it is private, uh, smaller. You're now operate, but you also are in a state uh, where you have a number of other HBCUs, uh, but you're also dealing with one of the poorest states. Yes. And so yes. Uh, how have you been uh, examining uh, the university uh, and looking at the, the opportunity to grow? opportunity to be able to build it, uh, to allow it uh, to continue flourishing, uh, let's say, for another 154 years? Well, I think first thing was when I arrived on the ground, I had the eye of an urban planner. You know, that's my background. And uh, I said, oh, this school is in the Memphis metropolitan area. We're 35 miles from Memphis. So that provides a great opportunity for those who may be a little bit scared off by Mississippi or rural Mississippi. We're actually in North Mississippi. So we're um, at least two hours from every other HBCU that's in Mississippi. So we have our own uh, geographic so space. So you're 35 miles. So essentially, I mean, from a distance standpoint, you're essentially like Prairie View to Houston. Yes, 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 very much so. And then we also have the state flagship in our backyard, 
uh, University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, is about 30 minutes away from Russ College, and we've been starting to initiate some partnerships with them. We signed an MOU for a three plus two engineering program, so students can attend Russ for three years and study math, and then be automatically admitted to Ole Miss for an engineering degree for two years. So I think, again, our geography creates uh, wonderful opportunities for us. Of course, that connection to the Midwest from the Great Migration, we always get a lot of students from Chicago, even St. Louis. And on my first day, I met a young lady from Milwaukee. I said, you're here in Mississippi from Milwaukee? But yes, that is the connection that's, you know, a result of kind of our history. Size of your student body? We're under 500 right now. The pandemic, we've taken a hit. You know, it's been a what very... What the highest has it was ever been at? It's been about 1,100. Really? Yes. How, how long ago was that? I think that was about 12 to 15 years okay. ago. And so we definitely are headed back in that direction. That's what I, I would love for the school to be about 1,200 students. We'll always be small, but that's part of our strength. It gives students the opportunity to know each other and to know their faculty members and the administration. So when you got there, you talk about your past as an urban planner. So you got there. Uh, in terms of needs, what did you immediately assess uh, in terms of uh, the university? Uh, was it infrastructure? Was it... Uh, uh, faculty, staff, was it, I mean, what was it in terms of as you begin to assess uh, okay. the entire um, university? As far as the areas of opportunity for us, uh, embracing technology, which I think some of our schools have been a little bit slower to uh, adopt or adapt, and of course the pandemic kind of pushed that along, so we wanted to fully embrace technology, we wanted to create some new majors. We're a liberal arts institution, but that doesn't mean we can't still critically look at what are the needs uh, in the space in which, you know, uh, we live. As far you say as liberal arts, what are, your, uh, what are your dominant majors? Biology is our biggest major, mass communications. Um, those are kind of our biggest programs. Oh, really? Yes, yes. We have our own TV station, our own radio station. Why don't you come down there sometime and talk to some I of was, our students I and know, inspire look, them? I have a, I've been on, I think I've now been on 65 campuses, never been invited to Rush. All right, been, all right. I've, Consider I've, I've yourself spoken, invited. I've, I've, spoke, I've done 14, I've done 18 commencements, 14 mm -hmm. HBCUs. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, Rust is one that I've never been to. And, and I have a rule of my show. I only wear gear on my ship HBCUs <laughs> that been I've there. been to. Okay, we're going to make it happen. Just tell me who your schedule that's, is. That's the only we'll way. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Yes, so mass communications, and I think that creates a tremendous opportunity. So you said your own TV station and radio station? Yes, 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 we do. And, and what, and, and serving the, the local community? Yes, yes, serving the local community. Now, are those, uh, are those, um, uh, Public broadcasting stations, what, what type of stations are they? Well, the radio station, uh, we have a partnership with the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, so we get that grant um, to support, you know, the surrounding area. Uh, and then the TV station is just a small independent station, so if you're on the local uh, cable package, uh, you'll turn it on and see uh, Rust TV. What, what kind of programming is on? Well, we, uh, sh we have programs where students... Um, uh, provide information about what's happening on the campus okay. and also where I interview some of the folks in the community and on the campus and actually I'd love for us to uh, create a lot more uh, original uh, is content. Is it a 24-hour channel? Yes it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm.
No, I had, had no is. idea. Yes, it is. We'll have to send you some clips. So I think that's okay. a, a great opportunity for expansion. You know, you're in this, you've been in this business. Now is the time where we need more black voices at the table right. to shape the narrative of, about public policy and about things that affect us. So I think we can do that through our mass communications program. We've always been strong in the sciences, but now we're looking at, okay, so how can we kind of adapt to things that are going on in the marketplace? Of course, um, Memphis is kind of a medical hub, and so we created a health sciences degree. Our board also just recently uh, approved a degree in uh, global supply chain management. So, you know, FedEx is there, and there's a lot of lo logistical mm -hmm. uh, companies there. So we want to respond to the needs of the marketplace and prepare our students for the jobs that will be available when they graduate. What do you say is your greatest need? Greatest need, we always need uh, money in general, scholarship money, uh, money to refurbish our facilities. Uh, the facilities in general, um, you know, they, many of them need a little TLC, but we also have a very unique opportunity at Russ that's just waiting for the right philanthropic partner. Did you know that Holly Springs used to be home to two HBCUs? Russ College and Mississippi Industrial College. Russ was founded in 1866. Mississippi Industrial College was founded in 1905 and closed in 1982. Its campus still remains. It's on the National Register of Historic Places, Mississippi Landmark. And Russ purchased it in 2008. And I am trying to bring it back to life, including uh, creating an Ida B. Wells Social Justice and Interpretive Center in a building there that was named after Booker T. Washington. Okay. Now, if you know your history, you know there's a little bit of irony there, but I think that definitely points us in the direction of the kind of conversations we as a people need to be having about how we move forward. All right. Well, look, that sounds great. Uh, certainly good luck and uh, uh, look forward to uh, uh, visiting the campus uh, okay. and speaking there. So. All right. Okay. All right. Sounds great. Dr. Taylor, I appreciate you. it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Uh, you know what's interesting here, Greg, uh, when when you look at um, her past in terms of now, now being a president, uh, I talked to uh, some other presidents, uh, some who did not come from uh, the world of academia, uh, and, and, what, and what we are seeing, we are seeing uh, some institutions uh, looking at uh, the skill set, the management skill set. Uh, that uh, individuals bring to the table uh, to, to, uh, to, to, to become presidents as opposed to only getting someone who has spent their entire life in the academia world. Yeah, bro. I mean, it's somebody who spent a lot of time on the Russ College campus uh, over the years. That's where uh, Dr. Stovall used to have the African-American Student Leadership Conference. In fact, Jeremiah Wright and I were together one time back in 2009, right after they bought Mississippi College, which is across the street. She said, I've been watching uh, your coverage all week with great interest. I'm not sure what's going to happen at HBCUs. Um, what I hear is a lot of aspirational kind of market-driven conversation. And of course, that's very important. Um, I, what I don't hear, however, is a lot of historical context. I saw the young brother who wrote the, uh, the book on black college presidents. I saw his talk. You know, you broadcast that. Um, my colleague Ivory Tolson was there talking. But there's very little grasp of the rhythms of how these kind of things have operated over the course of a century and a half. I don't get any of that. Uh, Dr. Thomas at Morehouse, for example, has received a lot of pushback from his faculty. It's very different when you talk to a college president than when you talk to the faculty. 
It's a very different conversation. And it's not that folk don't want to move in a forward direction, quite the opposite. It's that I think we have to understand that market-driven decisions are at the heart of the tension of HBCUs. Now, we can have a partnership with an Ole Miss for a Russ College, but once you start, move, if you move too far over in the direction of basically trying to be a conveyor belt for the, for the job market, then you end up putting yourself in a position to basically be a farm team for these larger institutions. We certainly see that happening, I think, in terms of my sense of it at Howard, at Spelman and other places where, you know, now it's kind of trendy. And some of these students who would have been at Stanford or Brown or University of Chicago or University of Florida or you name it, big public institutions. But now what they're saying is, well, I can go to the HBCU as an undergraduate as long as it gives me the conduit to the Yale Medical School or the Harvard Law School or the Cal Berkeley or Bolt Hall. And if that's where you want to go, fine. But I think what ends up happening at that point, you're not talking about developing leadership for black communities, which has always been at the heart of the HBCU enterprise. What you're basically talking about is filling in some jobs and some some entrepreneurs and, and basically burnishing the middle and upper classes among black folk. I don't know exactly what that does for the rest of, of our community, though. I don't know. Jury's out for me. Well, one of the things, uh, Larry, uh, in talking with... Uh, the presidents down there. You also see the difference when you're talking to uh, presidents uh, that are located in rural parts of the country uh, that are serving uh, a lot of low-income students compared to what you might call the cream of the crop. When you begin to talk about Howard and Hampton and Spelman and, and the much larger institutions, and that's the thing that also when we're talking about uh, HBCUs, we're not just talking about uh, you know public universities, we're talking about private universities as well. We just had, of course, there was an the university uh, in Illinois that was not an HBCU, but was a predominantly black institution uh, that recently shut down. Uh, and so, you know, at the end of the day, one of the things that people have to do, to be perfectly honest, that students and parents have to do is choose a school that fits you. Uh, I remember sitting in, when I was in, in when, when Texas A&M entered the journalism program, people were calling me, they were like, bro, we should save it. I was like, why? I said two-thirds of the people when I was there didn't want to go into journalism. I said, so why the hell, why the hell have a journalism school? They, they got they get, they gotten kicked out of other programs, uh, other, 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 uh, other, uh, um, other departments, other colleges, and basically they just wanted to get an A&M degree, so they're like, okay, fine, I'll be a journalism major. Uh, and so it's also choosing a school that fits you, your personality, your type, your income, but also what it is that you want to do uh, in your life, as opposed to uh, let, let's go to uh, the happening place just because. And so that it was an interesting dynamic in talking with these presidents. Roland, you highlight some really important points, and I write about this and work on HBCUs. There are more than 100 HBCUs that you know. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bet with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. States, urban, rural, suburban communities. What's also important is there are also two-year uh, uh, community colleges that are HBCUs also, which a lot of people don't realize. So it's really interesting in terms of what Brother Carl was talking about. You know, it is, I think, the thing with the people describe the racial reckoning. There are a lot of students who traditionally might have gone to PWIs who are now choosing historical black college universities. And I'm going to mention a name that Dr. Carr and, and Roland and Reese are very familiar with, I'm thinking a lot about Ella Baker in terms of some of the work she did, well, while she was student at Shaw and obviously work she did with SNCC, uh, SCLC, et cetera, and WACP and all some of the other entities she was involved in. In terms, I think what Dr. Carr is talking about in terms of some of the students that HBCUs have traditionally developed, that students went there and then it wasn't necessarily focused on, and look, there's nothing wrong with that in terms of conveyor belt to, you know, corporate America, but was thinking about doing the work that made sure it had, a, it had an impact in terms of getting people voting, um, in terms of voting rights, civil rights, et cetera. So I think that's a really important point. Also, I want to highlight something else. I'm an HBCU alum and very acutely aware of the challenges HBCUs encounter. I'm also chairman of the Cheney Foundation. So I'm also understand from that perspective in terms of some of the challenges our HBCUs encounter. But they are doing the work, but you're right, Roland, in terms of, you know, depending on what your major is, depending where you want to, where your locale is, like I said, if you want to be in more urban in terms of Howard University or, or Spelman, or you want something more suburban rural, or you want something rural. And I think that's one of the greatest thing, great things about HBCUs. But I think when you get to the point Dr. Carr is talking about, 
a lot of HBCUs over the last, not a lot, quite a few have received the last two years, received substantial amount of money, more money than they ever received in terms of donations. But our institutions still face a lot of challenges, not at the federal level, but at the state level in terms of making sure that states are, are giving whatever money they're getting from the federal government, that states are matching those funds. And we've seen that, those disparities for decades. We saw, we see it in Tennessee right now with Tennessee State. So we need to make sure in terms of going back, we talked about in the beginning of our conversation in terms of pressuring policymakers, but we also have to recognize, like you said, that HBCUs, depending if you want to be, uh, like you said, maybe a journalism major, you want to do biology, you want to do chemistry. Like we look at schools like Xavier, we have that, you have that opportunity to do that, or you can go to an even smaller school. Uh, Risha, the point that Greg made in terms of uh, the historical nature of the universities, uh, when you do see these students uh, with a growing interest uh, in going there, uh, I, I think it is important uh, to establish uh, th th that firm grounding. I mean, you can point yourself to the future. You can be more focused on technology. Uh, you can be more focused on upper mobility, uh, but still be grounded and rooted uh, in exactly what the historical purpose uh, of the universities uh, were for. Yeah, listen, I didn't go to an HBCU. I went to UCLA and then Northeastern for my uh, grad school. So I defer to Dr. Walker and Dr. Carr on uh, the experience of HBCUs. Um, and, you know, I, I really wouldn't know, to be honest with you, because I didn't have that experience. But I do recognize the important um, uh, importance of them in the Black community in terms of producing our doctors and our lawyers and our community leaders and our thought leaders, um, not just the students, but the professors and the faculty at these HBCUs. But, you know, my perspective, obviously, because I didn't go there um, and I went to a white school and I'm a financial manager by uh, by trade in terms of my profession outside of doing media. Um, um, is I think it's good to stay competitive. I think it's good. You're still in a competitive uh, school marketplace. And so I was encouraged by her mentioning the industry um, leading majors that she's looking at. You know, I work in finance, so I understand the massive role that supply chain, global supply chain plays in many industries and many companies. And so I think that there is a balance that has to be struck between, uh, you know, emphasizing community and emphasizing things that are not necessarily capitalistic or, you know, monetary or, or you know, the traditional nine to five corporate pipeline. Um, and for those that want to have that community experience, but also, you know, aspire to be a nine to five person or an entrepreneur or whatever. So, I think there's room for both, um, but that's all that I can really say about that without stepping out of my lane. <laughs> all right, folks, we'll tight one second. Uh, we come back, uh, our Black and Missing of the Day. In addition to that, uh, we'll talk about what should we as African-Americans be doing on this Juneteenth, uh, now a federal holiday, and what about non-black people? Can't wait to hear my panel have to say about that uh, when we come back uh, on Roland Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live here from Missouri City, Texas, where in just a moment I'm going to be giving the keynote speech to Missouri City's uh, Juneteenth celebration uh, here on the Black Star Network, which will also be live streaming and carrying live as well. So back in a moment. Love our new Alexa. It's a Buick. Yeah, Alexa. Buick. Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. Coach, that's a Buick. That's an Alexa. The Buick Enclave with available Alexa built-in. On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, you'll hear from Elizabeth Davis. 
she left a flourishing career in the construction industry to build her own business using her same skill set. And oh, by the way, now a multi-million dollar business. Every day I was looking at my numbers rather than looking at them weekly or, or monthly. Um, when you're first starting your business, my recommendation is look at your numbers every day because are they balancing out each day? If they're not balancing out for three days in a row, that means your week is going to be off. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. How about sushi? I just had sushi for lunch yesterday. How about tacos? Automatic emergency braking, one of six advanced safety features standard on every 2022 Chevy Equinox. Find new technology, find new roads, Chevrolet. Hi, I'm Amber Stevens-West from The Carmichael Show. Hi, my name is Latoya Luckett, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right, folks, 12-year-old Zion Smith is missing from Capitol Heights, Maryland. Uh, he's 5 feet 5 inches tall, weighs 135 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. He was last seen on June 13th wearing black sweatpants, a white tank top, and gray tennis shoes. Anyone with information about Zion Smith should call the Prince George's County, Maryland Police Department at 301-7-2. First of all, guys, uh, y'all are missing a number on the graphic. So get the right number, please. You're missing a number. So um, let me just do, uh, so uh, please let me know what the number is, okay? But uh, uh, please call the Prince George's County, uh, Maryland uh, Police Department uh, f with uh, any information. Folks, uh, Juneteenth, of course, it was Bill was saying to law last year, making this a, a federal holiday. I'm here in Missouri City, Texas, suburb uh, of Houston. Of course, uh, Texas has had uh, Juneteenth as a state holiday since 1980, the longest observance uh, officially uh, of Juneteenth. Of course, uh, Juneteenth was the day uh, in 1865 when General Granger came aboard the shores of uh, Galveston, Texas. Uh, to uh, let the, let the uh, folks uh, who are people of, Afri of African descent, they were actually free two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. And so in Texas, this has always been a celebration. Juneteenth is the only, the only uh, federal acknowledgement, actually, of slavery. It's the only one. And so celebrations uh, have always taken place. They've expanded across the country. Uh, states like North Carolina, Virginia, D.C., uh, many other places have had Juneteenth celebrations. Uh, and it certainly has picked up uh, since uh, that federal designation. Uh, tomorrow night uh, in uh, Los Angeles, the Hollywood Bowl, is going to be a concert being curated by Quest Love. I think CNN is going to be broadcasting that uh, tonight in D.C., the Juneteenth uh, committee there. They have an award show. Robert Smith, Maxwell, and others are some of the honorees. There are 
golf tournaments, there are other type of events. But, but the question we should be asking ourselves, what should we as African Americans uh, be doing on Juneteenth? You look at the King's birthday, uh, folks have tried to make that a day of service. Uh, and of course, there have always been concerts and things along those lines uh, here in Houston. Uh, there's going to be a great lineup. Sheila E., Frank and Beverly and Mays, Isley Brothers are going to be performing as a two-day concert at Emancipation Park uh, in Houston. But uh, the, the, the question that we should be really addressing uh, is what do we do with Juneteenth? Should whites be celebrating? I saw a tweet uh, from someone who said that uh, if you are a white person uh, who is an ally, you all should, should be uh, also celebrating Juneteenth as well. So, Greg, I want you to uh, kick this off for us uh, to share your thoughts on what should be happening in black communities. What should we be saying to uh, Americans? One of the things that I have been saying uh, to people uh, is that if, that if you got some Juneteenth events, I want to see black businesses. I want to see black caterers. I want to see uh, black musicians. I want to see black event planners. Uh, I want to see. I want. I want to see black economic empowerment taking place on Juneteenth. Uh, when I speak, I'm going to be talking about economic freedom uh, that we still are trying to achieve uh, in my speech. So, your thoughts? I agree, Roland. I mean, that's all you can do. From the first Juneteenth in 1866 down there. Uh, in Galveston and, and then spreading upward and outward in Texas, white people were always there. Uh, they were there because that's where black people were. And so Juneteenth for us has always been about self-determination. You know that better than anybody growing up in Texas, man. It was always about businesses. It was always about self-determination. And, and so, um, and again, thank you. The Black Star Network, you know, we, we, we've taped two consecutive black tables on the subject. Uh, we talked to Gerald Horn. Our brother Gerald Horn, who just wrote a book, The Counter-Revolution of 1836, which is all about Texas, including Juneteenth, some very complicated stuff. And we we're going to run that tomorrow, but uh, we decided to lighten up a little bit. And so we actually, uh, tomorrow, are running a special on all that red food y'all be eating down there with uh, Dr. Sunyata Amon, who is a specialist on this subject. So the red soda, the red cream soda, the red strawberry cake, the, the watermelon, the barbecue sauce. But I'm saying all that to say that we produced all this stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In other words, Juneteenth was and is never about outsourcing not only our celebration, but the things that we're celebrating, which is really self-determination. So, yeah, the only other thing I would say is this time last year, you know, as you know, as we talked about, I was down at the White House when uh, President Biden signed the order. And I was standing there next to two security guards from Texas, ironically, a young sister and a brother. And as they were watching, I said, what y'all think? And the young lady said, well, I'm from Texas. Uh, this don't change nothing we was going to do anyway. I guess I'm glad to see other people doing it. And I think that's the attitude we should have. We should just go on and keep building. And I know that's what you're going to tell them <laughs> tonight. You know, Reese, there were a lot of people um, after that was signed last year who were saying, I don't know nobody who asked for Juneteenth. Um, that was a bit, that was very much an insult to those of us in Texas. So, first of all, um, but this is a perfect example, though, of, of how I need people, I, I, need, I need black folks uh, who, who, who love to find criticism in anything uh, to begin to understand how that you look at this differently. Again, first and foremost, uh, you can't yell, holler, and scream that you want legislation that specifically mentions us, but then you act as if... Juneteenth is irrelevant. Now, um, 
Does Juneteenth specifically deal with housing, with health? Does it deal specifically deal with your individual economics? No, it doesn't. But it is important for this country to have to annually, annually acknowledge the reality of slavery in this country. That's first. But also I believe that we have to force our people to begin to look at these celebrations differently than the way we are. We need people who... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu are attending these events to be asking the questions of who's getting paid see we're responding oh well these companies are slapping Juneteenth on products okay are they black companies or are these companies now trying to benefit again economically from something that is ours and so 
I got no problem if black folks use Juneteenth as example of, okay, we're going to ensure that if you're going to have Juneteenth events, you absolutely are spending that money with black people. Well, yeah, first, to address your first point about people who said that, um, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, people will look at what the Asians got my ass to death about the COVID-19 hate crimes bill, but then they turn around and poo-poo Juneteenth. So it's like, y'all just want to be mad about something, and you never want to be happy about anything, even when you get with what you ask for. So there is that. But as far as the money part, listen, I haven't seen anything Juneteenth for less than $200, $300, $400. They are taxing us. With inflation, ain't no free shit. I maybe one or two little free things, maybe at the park, down the street, around the corner. But, Lord, people are making some bank off of Juneteenth. So what I propose is that give black people some free-ass shit for Juneteenth. If you're going to have a concert on the mall, make it free for black people. We don't have reparations. This can be our reparations. So every Juneteenth, we ain't got to pay to go see black people, read, read poetry, dancing, you know what I'm saying? I ain't saying you gotta give us free food and alcohol, child, because we can definitely eat you out of the house at home, but at least give us free admission to things. I think that's the least that people can do. That's my suggestion. Well, uh, look, I, I've actually heard that, uh, and, and you being real nice, I think you talk about Pharrell's concert. Uh, I'm talking about everything, everything. I just looked up the event you talked about. That event was $200. I was like, damn, okay, well, I ain't going to that. What event? The um the honor event. The Juneteenth. Oh, the Juneteenth event at, at, at the Warner Theater uh, in D.C. Gotcha. Again, well, again, I don't, look, that, that that that's the committee there. Uh, and again, I don't know what, what the money is being used for. That's one of those questions that we should also be asking. And we should be asking that, Larry. Uh, but all I'm saying is, is, is if we're going to approach MLK Day, if we're going to approach Black History Month, if we're going to approach Black Music Month, uh, if we're going to uh, approach uh, these things, uh, are we still connected, folks? Looks like I lost one of our feeds. Control room, talk to me. Okay, we're cool. Here. So I lost the video return. I'm, yeah, I lost, I lost video return for a, for a second there. Uh, Larry, if we are going to, again, talk about MLK Day, Juneteenth, Black History Month, June is Black Music Month, or even Kwanzaa, we better make sure that black people are benefiting financially. That's right, Roland. Let's make sure our folks getting paid. We saw that Walmart tried to capitalize on Juneteenth and they, in the backlash, they had to pull back. So we got to make sure we put some money in some brothers and sisters' pockets. The other thing is, is yeah, obviously, we celebrate Juneteenth and Father's Day, so I want to connect it to, to, to brothers for a second. Because we, you know, uh, black men and, and um, black women and black men deal with a lot of race-based stressors throughout our lives. So I want to talk about health, uh, health as it relates to Juneteenth. I want to recommend the brothers out there, make sure they're eating right, make sure they're getting exercising. And in addition to that, just make sure they're taking care of themselves because from day to day, we're dealing with a lot of race, racism in America. And so as we talk about Juneteenth and, and celebrating, we acknowledging this country's sins as we should, and Father's Day happening, I want to, like I said, shout out to brothers out there to make sure they're taking care of themselves. All right, folks, that is it for us. Uh, I got to get inside. Let me thank uh, Larry, Reese, uh, and Greg. Thank you so very much uh, for joining us today. I'm going to tomorrow, uh, I'm going to be uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, the University of Michigan, uh, for their Juneteenth commemoration. And I'll be speaking there uh, as well. And so we'll be live streaming uh, my speech here uh, in Missouri City, Texas. So we'll look, uh, look forward to that. 
Uh, and so thank all of you uh, for joining us. Uh, YouTube, y'all should be hitting the like button fast and furious, okay? Uh, and so between now and, me uh, now and me closing this out, we should be hitting 1,000 likes, all right? So y'all need, need to pick it up. Why are we sitting on 742? Y'all know better than that. Uh, and so folks, Again, a lot of things that we got going on. Uh, so again, tomorrow, again, I'll be broadcasting uh, from Michigan. I'm speaking at the University of Michigan. And then I'll be catching a flight to D.C. for the Poor People's Campaign. Uh, their March of the Nation's uh, Mall uh, on Saturday at 10 a.m. We'll be broadcasting from there as well. I'll be anchoring our coverage. So look forward to that. So it still is extremely, extremely uh, busy time for us here at Roland Martin Unfiltered and the Black Star Network. Don't forget to support us in what we do. Trust me, your dollars make it possible. First and foremost, we want you to download the Black Star Network app. That's on every platform, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Please do that. The second thing, please join our Bring the Funk fan club. Uh, our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans on an annual basis to contribute uh, 50 bucks each. We don't make it mandatory. We don't charge you a subscription fee. Uh, some people have given more. Some have given less. We appreciate every dollar. But again, if we hit that goal, folks, trust me, it allows us to be able to hire staff, be able to travel to cover stores all across the country. So if you want to send a check up money order, please do so to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. And Zale is rolling at rollingsmartin.com, rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. Uh, that is it. Let me see where are we at now. I told y'all. Uh, so you Y'all should be getting this thing going uh, as we are closing this thing out. Y'all make me have to ask every time. There we go. We finally hit a thousand. That's it. Uh, all right, folks. I certainly appreciate uh, all of you uh, tuning and watching in today. Uh, we got more to get to tomorrow. And you heard Greg talk about Gerald Horn's breakdown of Juneteenth when I interviewed him. And we're going to play that uh, tomorrow as well because he said something I had not even known. The number of black troops that were with General Granger when he showed up on the shores of Galveston, Texas, to deliver that news uh, in 1865. And so uh, until I see you tomorrow, folks, y'all have an absolute great one, uh, and I will see you then. Holla! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.